0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Coach D, Dominika Stanovich, and it's an absolute gorgeous pleasure to continue this conversation because we started to hint about the science of happiness, how it works in the brain to be happy, the chemical interactions, the neuroencoding, and other absolutely amazing information you must have. All right. So let's continue.
1: Welcome back. I'm so excited to be with you guys again.
0: Oh, God. It is a
1: pleasure. It is a pleasure. I hope that what we're saying is bringing you value. First of all, I really hope that you can take something for you and apply in your life and make your life the way you want to and make it better. And whatever you choose, it's probably the best choice for you because nobody knows better what you need than you
0: totally agree thank you
1: you're very welcome so i'm on my cup of coffee because we are in the morning it's Um, fine
0: what is written on it it's fine show it again it's fine fine. everything
1: everything is fine all right so this is what is written on your cup amazing i have so many cups and the only cups i drink from are actually motivational cups so i have a fire walker cup i have my best mom yoda um I have you know I'm amazing I'm beautiful and I woke up sexy oh I have nice. all those different cups and depending on my mood I choose a different cup for my one cup a day of coffee morning coffee so um it's one of my little rituals that I really enjoy doing and they make the day very different and very special instead of a plain cup simple huh hey I love it and it's true and what does it do, what does it do to your
0: brain it just reminds you that amazing quote. Hey, I am. Well, all first of, of all, well, you got
1: to read all those, right? That you'll have motivational cups. So you bombard your brain with positive things. And then you choose something that resonates with you, which means you kind of bring it in and you encode it. And then when you drink it, you have a choice of you know rereading it or just holding it and feeling whatever it made you feel. Um, that's part of encoding. So repeating certain emotions. Is encoding and that is very important because it works for happiness and for depression and for anger as well. So if you keep repeating the same feeling, like vocabulary, let's say vocabulary that you use, right? Okay. Um, people say, Oh, I hate this. Well, do you know that every word you use that is an emotional word actually releases chemicals into your bloodstream? That's how you're both. Yes. You just look at uh, Dr.
0: Emoto's work about water and you look physically under the microscope, how the water becomes beautiful or just like
1: shapeless depending what kind of emotion you put. Energy, vibration, whatever you wanna call it, everything you put out, and don't get me wrong, I'm not very much into, um, high vibration and everything else. I, I do know there's science behind it, but I haven't explored it enough to be speaking about it. Yet, I also know that there have been experiments, if you haven't looked, um, how words we use and what emotion we attach to it, it has, it has been measured, has different vibration, different impact, right? And I don't know if you've seen the exercise about plants. They Yes, do. yes, Maybe they do. do plants right? And kids were bombarding the plant with negative, you're stupid, you're an idiot, and all those negative things. And the plant could not grow. And then they did the same thing, but with positive words and no watering, no light, nothing has changed. Only things that were put out to the plant. And plant. Now, imagine if this has such a huge effect on a freaking plant. What does it do to humans? Right? So science is a very funny thing because when you like science, you go, when I first saw that experiment with a plant, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. (laughs) This doesn't make any sense. talking to a plant, right? Okay. People are going to think I'm crazy. And then I, you know, I'm a sociologist. That's one of, I'm a master of sociology. So reading data is something that I know how to do and how to decipher if that knowledge is really, you know, if it's done on two people and they kind of come up with conclusions I will ignore that study that's not a study that's just kind of like you know it's not repetitive it's not peer-reviewed and then I looked at the studies about the plants and I'm like oh my lord oh my freaking lord that's amazing so um, there are a lot of things happening in our brain and our brain is a complex complex super complex machine and an organ and that is a very important thing Because remember when we said that if you would lose your memories, right? And you would lose your reference points, who would you be? It's a good question. And probably not much, actually. You wouldn't be anything. You wouldn't be who you are. No. Because what makes you is the vocabulary, reference, and memories. Nothing else. It's not your physical body. So that organ is crucial in making you who you are you might feel emotionally attached to something yet you wouldn't know why you wouldn't be able to remember the great moments and make references and you know you wouldn't be able to analyze saying oh my god this is why I love him or this is why I hate him this is why I'm afraid of him you would have the feelings they would stay. you would recognize Um, And I know how that is because I'm epileptic. And after a seizure, I lose memory. Oh, totally. So for about 20 minutes, I don't recognize where I am, who I'm talking to, including my kids. I, I don't know names, but I feel I'm safe. I'm not safe. Those are things I can recognize. I know this person. I don't know who that is, but I know I know them and they're safe. Those are the feelings I get. Yet, there's no way I can tell you that that's my daughter or their name or any memory related to them. That memory comes back after my seizure. So it's not like it's lost forever. But there is about 20 minutes. And to tell you the truth, functioning based on feelings would be a traumatic experience because you literally don't know who you are. I don't know my name. I don't know where I am, who I am, what I am. Nothing. I just react to impulses that I feel this is safe. This is not safe. And when it's not safe and it happened to me in the past where I woke up after a seizure in a place where I didn't recognize, I went to in such a panic mode. I was never so scared in my life. I couldn't make out where I was. I didn't know what it was. And that feeling, imagine living like this, all of that memory, emotions. Names, references, is stored in your brain. Means, and you gotta take care of it. So you know the story about, actually, I didn't realize that the story about three little pigs is the best story ever about the brain.
0: The one that with with the wolf that, just, that, yep.
1: that blows yep. on the, okay. Yep. So tell us so, more about that. When you're living your life freely and doing whatever, and not really taking care of your brain you are building con- neural connections like everybody else and they're so fragile like you would build out of hay so anything comes your way you fall apart you go into a state of depression you get angry you start crying you have irregular responses irrational responses because you built your house out of hay now the building blocks are not only you understanding yourself and your reactions but also the vitamins and microelements in your body then you start taking care of yourself and you start looking kind of you know into yourself and then you start building your house out of wood it's much better right you don't react as emotional and the wind comes in and it has to be much stronger for the house to fall apart hmm yet still There are winds and hurricanes that come in and there's nothing left. There's nothing left to pick up because you actually didn't have the right building blocks. You didn't have the right physical chemistry. And it sounds very weird, but your blood work, your emotional state, how you perceive reality and how you work on your brain connections, how you build your, you neuro encode, you use the, um, your brain to become stronger and much more firm, decides if you're using wood or bricks, because it will take much more for the wind to blow, and no wolf can really blow down the brick. No, we not have a lot of wolves in our world, right? <laughs> Yet we get we get so angry naturally at people who have literally no meaning. I mean, does a wolf outside of that brick house have any meaning? No, he can be there all he wants. He, he literally can't do anything. So we have people that are so insignificant in our life and we have not built our brain up with the right way and with the right biological needs of our brain. Our brain needs micro elements. Our brain needs water. Do you know that people deprived of water become insane, their frontal lobes stop working, your memory shuts down and the hallucinations, like you spoke about Fata Morgana, everybody knows about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's dehydration. And the first thing when you're dehydrated go that goes is your brain, it needs water to function. Mm-hmm. It needs liquids because liquids open our veins and allow the nutrients from our body to be carried into our brain and to have bricks instead of hay. Hmm. Thank
0: you for sharing that. It's so important.
2: It's so important.
0: Okay. And how does... All our relationship with money, with love, with happiness, with health, all of that is just stored in the brain. Is a story we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how to create healthy bricks that are positive, because you can also create bricks that are negative, (laughs) positive bricks with our relationship with
1: health, love, money, I guess it's all the same? Well, no, it's not the same, because we get influenced by people when we're young, we get influenced by situations that we see, we get influenced by our negative thoughts, which comes from our beliefs about ourselves. I was coaching a girl a few days ago, and she is going like a powerhouse, but she has a problem with financial aspects. Um, She's running her own business and she always feels uncomfortable or very often feels uncomfortable talking about money. And I'm like, tell me, what do you believe about rich people? And she started going, well, she goes, I have actually two examples. Okay. They're philanthropic. They help people. They're pro blah, 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 you know, all those positive things. And then there are those people that didn't get their money, you know, in the legal way they're mean they're self-centered they're this and that and i'm like hmm, would it be possible that you're afraid to become the second vision of rich people she's like sitting oh my god i don't want to be like them I'm like, and what would happen if you would be making those 200 dollars? dollars and her eyes started growing because she realized that She actually, the really rich people, she associates with bad people. She has no positive connection. And internally, she believes she's a good person. So being a good person does not match with being a rich person. So it was her belief system, because what you believe is what you think. What you believe is what you think is what you think is what you do. Subconsciously. So if something keeps repeating over and over, you got to look at yourself and go, okay, what do I believe about this situation? And Very often you'll discover that there's no, if you believe you're a good person and you believe all rich people are bad people, your brain will not allow you to become rich because you believe and your brain's job is to make the beliefs real, right? So if you're good, then you're not rich. So that was one. It was another young lady who always had problems with, um, she was pretty young, so a lot of experience still needed, with men. And she would attract, and I think you can relate to that, men that were quite abusive and quite cruel, and they would be creating a dissonance and then making her feel guilty that something didn't go right. And that's very interesting because when we dig deeper, her belief system was that she is not supposed to be happy and men cannot be trusted. And that belief came from her mom, who would always say, be careful when you go on a date, be careful when you go out with men, make sure you don't trust anybody. And her mom did this in a very, very, carrying away because she wanted her daughter to be safe yet she encoded her that anytime she goes out and there are men around they're not to be trusted so the fear made her actually weaker because when you're afraid you don't stand up for yourself so she would attract people who were praying and sensing that and though people like that are very easy to manipulate right so it's very easy to tell them and i've been there I've been through one of my relationships for two years. I thought that the fact that it's raining, it's my fault. I mean, everything was my fault. So I was trying to make it up and be better, right? Because it's my fault. So I want to be better. Not realizing at that age of 17, 18, 19, that I'm being manipulated. And that, that it's raining, it's not my fault. It really isn't. I have nothing to do with the rain. I wish I was a witch like this, but I'm not. So it's all our belief systems and proving it. there are a lot of things that come and we have those beliefs that are not our fault. They're easy to dismantle. If your brain has enough nutrients and you have the right guidance, like a coach or a therapist, there's a big difference between a coach and a therapist. So those two work very differently. Therapists dig in, in your past, coaches don't. We take what you have and we see what can we do to change it now. We don't go back 55 years in history and when it happened. We know when it happened. It really doesn't matter. But what we can do, we can change your perspective on what happened. Now, your perspective is associated with emotions. So let's say your perspective on a lot of things is negative. People are, let's do an exercise with you and your audience right. can do it with, with you okay. as well. Okay. I want you to tell me um, all adjectives you can come up with when I say people are, and go. Finish the sentence. Okay, people are in pain. Oh. Okay, go, come on, in pain. Okay,
0: People are in pain, um, hiding in pain sites.
1: Um okay.
0: not talking about what doesn't work. Right. Um, People are self-centered. Okay, good. Um, They are, some people are absolutely amazing and, and, and trustworthy and everything, but it's really a tiny, tiny percentage overall.
1: Okay, I'm gonna stop you right here. What? Type of the world and surroundings would a person have if they believe that people are bad, people are hiding, and people are not happy and they're in pain? What would your brain concentrate on finding? Precisely that. Your model of the world just came out and we could do this. This is done a little bit longer usually, but we are on a short. And very often people realize that their model of the world is not serving them because they're concentrating on those things and they will find those things. You're absolutely right. Those things are there. But my model of the world is people are amazing. People are thriving. People are creative. People are looking for solutions. And these are the people I attract into my life. Notice that I attract the G. You are looking for solutions. Yet you're seeking out people who are unhappy. So you will get that in your model. Whatever you believe will start surrounding you. And that is the power of the mind world will not change but world is so complex and so diverse that whatever you're looking for you will literally find if you believe people are mean cruel and angry and hateful and hurt this is what you will find in the world if you believe like me that people are phenomenal looking for change looking for options looking to become better um looking to help others this is what i will find and both our models of the world are true yet it's our choice which one we live in i prefer mine of course you do it's interesting because
0: i chose to answer in a negative way to really illustrate And it's actually, if I really want to be truthful and real because it's a real conversation, um, I would say I have compartmentalized depending Mm
2: -hmm.
0: on what hat I'm wearing. If I'm wearing the hat of the host of Real Talk Real Woman, I see strong and victorious women over abuse. I see amazing, thriving business women who are helping others heal and thrive. I see them and I attract a lot of them. And when I attract someone who is living in domestic violence, I give them the reference of the podcast so that that person can listen and get inspiration throughout her journey. But Actually, if I really want to be truthful, how people are, I feel it's like the way I am, I think that people are. Mm -hmm. I I, I think that this would be much more accurate. So all the days I'm super happy, I will see super happy people. All the days I'm super unhappy, I will see unhappy people. And today I'm in pain emotionally. I will, see, I will see people in pain emotionally because I will be able to relate
1: Now to can that. Can you imagine for your brain how difficult it is to decide where to go if your vision of the world and perspective of the world will depend on your mood? What if your mood would not influence your vision of the world and your vision of the world would be stable? How much better would you function there? would you function better? Likely, likely, like more, more than likely, yeah. Okay, so this is part of brain coaching because you got to realize what you are doing and there is no right or wrong answer. If something is working for you, then you wouldn't be looking for a coach or to change. We start looking for a change when we decide that something is not working for us. And the great thing about that is that the fact that it was working for you, that was a great strategy. And I was listening to Tana Amen, our wife or Dr. Amen. Although I very often disagree with her, she said a phenomenal sentence and I'm gonna use it right now. She said that when you were a little girl and you were protecting yourself and you were scared, you would hide behind pillows, go into a closet and be just hidden, right, from the world that would make you feel safe and that strategy worked. If you take the same strategy for being afraid into the age of 50, 40, it's not gonna work. It doesn't mean the strategy is bad. It just means it doesn't work anymore for where you are in the world. And we need to find a new strategy to deal with the same things. So all the strategies we created as kids, they're phenomenal, they did their job. We should be grateful we were able to create them and as battered women. But the moment you stop being battered, those strategies will stop working. You need new strategies for new you. And this is where our brain goes, okay, this is what I know. So the past, this is what I'm going to use. But the, the past strategy is not working in the new present. And that's where you get confused, unhappy, angry, frustrated, and everything else. There's nothing wrong with those strategies. They're perfect for the time that they served you. And at one point, they just stopped serving you. It's kind of like you grow out of pants. You're not wearing the same pants that you were when you were a teenager. Of course and you not. Are, congratulations, because <laughs> I mean, you haven't gained a, a tiny bit of weight. I, there's no way I could wear them, right? So, And they were fantastic for the period you had them. And then you grew out of it you need new pants. There's still pants. It's just new, different, bigger, different size, whatever else. And I think that's fascinating about brain coaching because you actually celebrate your past. You realize, and it's a very different approach. You're not blaming anybody go, oh my God, because of that person, whoever, let's say hurt me, I am able to I created a strategy that worked and protected me. Because of that person, I learned I have a new experience and I know I can recognize it now and not repeat the same thing. So, and we as brain coaches, we look at your frontal lobes, right? There are tests that we do. Uh, We do questionnaires, we do a lot of those and we check how is your brain functioning because there are 16 brain types. Yet your brain is not really... It's plastic like everything else. You can change your brain. And when you change your brain, you change your life because it functions differently. You make decisions differently. Um, Cerebellum works um, differently for your memory. There are exercises to develop that. And there is a frontal lobes which make decisions, right? And if they're sleepy frontal lobes, uh, probably some activities for other brain types would not be good for you. You need to wake them up. And there are ways to do it without medical intervention, but based on medical knowledge. That's a very different approach. So again, we're not saying that medication is bad. We take medication. And I refer people to a psychiatrist the moment I see that I can't help you. That the natural methods, the methods that we know from science that are worth your time, and are working are not working for you, that means it's deeper than just, you know, the set that I can help you with. And I will refer you out to a regular doctor um, because we do believe in medicine. And that's a very different approach from people who are saying, oh, you know, only herbs and only spices. Well, yeah, only herbs, only spices. The word only worries me because if that was the case, we would live as long as we're living now Four or 500 years ago they had only herbs only spices so obviously we're doing something better than our ancestors did now we went overboard and now we're doing everything with conventional medicine and we forgot that there are other ways to help ourselves right our brain reacts phenomenally to music phenomenally our brain reacts phenomenally to outside world being outside in a forest Um, I think we spoke about that study in a previous uh, previous interview. So there are so many phenomenal things as a coach I can help you with and all the brain coaches can help you with that are non-invasive. Yet, to be very honest, it took you many, many years to get what you are, repeating the same thought processes and behaviors over and over. Working with a coach is changing your brain rewiring your brain and making the new connection stronger than the old ones and notice how many years you worked on the old ones <laughs> so it will take a while it's not a quick fix and anybody tells you you know it's like oh lose 10 pounds in two days okay no i know it sounds awesome i would love to lose 10 pounds in two days but crap it's not working like that
0: When you mentioned plants, it resonated with me, one thing, this question of patience. I'm so, on one hand, super happy and super grateful to do what I do. And on the other hand, so expecting the movements and the growth to go so much faster and to already be with millions of people around, already be known by everybody, already be like totally the catalyst of change and of inspiration. And I'm here, okay, to to get there, there is time, sun, watering, providing wonderful content, creating relationships, recording, publishing with regularity posting i mean there is all that work behind the scene that works that you have to do every single day and one day i don't know how long from now it's going to be yeah real talk real woman has come to that result it's pretty exceptional it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how long you <laughs> enjoying the journey i totally do It is such an amazing journey, meeting so amazing people, having such deep conversation, feeling that I am doing safe, right, and good work for the world. And someone, some place is going to grab it and to change forever for the better. That is priceless, timeless, perfect, divine.
1: You know how long it took me from posting and being outside in the world um, as a coach with all my knowledge and with all my personality for the per- first person to be um, fully paid, not the free clients, but fully paid. No, you don't know. Eight months, eight months of work. Giving out content and sharing with people, making sure that they remember I'm the person to go to in case. And every time I do it, I do it better. Every time I learn it, I work with my clients. I gain new strategies. Right now, I'm in a second program with multiple supervisions where I get feedback from even older coaches that they go, well, I would do it here. I would ask this question so I can serve you better. And sometimes it takes time. Yet most people see the top, you know, oh, everybody knows you. Everybody knows knows you that's 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 nice but this is not the goal of it all we don't want every we want people to actually use the knowledge right we want people to get served we want people to be better we want people to be happy that's why we're doing this now money is byproduct of my happiness right because i would not be doing this if i wouldn't want to serve if you do what you do only for money People it doesn't work do that and yeah. they will sense that. Yeah. ATM. Nobody wants to be, you know, kind of an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. It's not what we want to be.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: um I think most people forget all this work like Olympic champions, right? It's not that they got in the water and a week later they won mm-hmm. Olympic gold medal. They've been doing that for quite a while. And probably daily and, you know, some people faint like the last young lady fainted during uh, I think it was a practice. Right. Um, And, you know, things happen and some people break and they find a way. So I am so glad that you are trying and patience is imagine you're changing lives as we speak. Anytime somebody listens, even the people who speak with you, Our lives are changing because we get to tell our story and we get to process the information again. So every speaker you speak with actually changes their life, their trajectory, because they can say, I spoke with Gemma, I showed my story to the world. And now when I said it out loud, I can see different things in it. So you are changing lives. Sometimes it's not visible. You know, my coaching pill that I do, 90 Seconds, um, little coaching things that are put out there in the world I later on let you know learn that like a year later some coaching feel was out and she goes oh I listened to your coaching feel about this it really helped me I'm like it did <laughs> <laughs> why very simple because people don't let you know that they're listening people don't share the content very often um, people who are processing information they do it alone So just trust that this is getting where it needs to go and be open to opportunities and they will come. You just have to be ready to notice them.
2: What you just said is of tremendous value for me.
1: Happy to be of service.
2: Thank you very, very, very much. Yeah, it does matter, it does matter. So if we go
0: back to um, being happy about money, so that happy
1: money comes in, because I, I, I- if we're happy about money, we're happy about a piece of paper. Does that make any sense? If we take it literally, not
0: really. Though there is everything words, that uh-huh.
1: words have. We just established powers. Powers, Power. power. Mm-hmm. So if you're focusing on money, the focus is wrong. Okay. Money is your byproduct of your happiness. That's very important money itself is just a piece of paper what you can feel because of the money and it's not the piece of paper it what it gets you right and one of my coaches said and i keep using this as a reference money is a thank you note nothing money Money is a thank you note And we say thank you all the time. And we don't feel uncomfortable saying thank you, right? Right. And thanking somebody. So why would we feel uncomfortable when people are thanking us? And money is everywhere. Yet the money itself is not getting you a car. You have to buy a car and the car makes you feel a certain way. So the money is only the middleman. So if you get excited about the middleman, you never get to the end. What makes me happy, I have a dream vacation, not in my budget yet, word yet is very important. And I'm not concentrating on making money. I'm concentrating on my vacation. I want to go there and I'll find a way. And again, money is a byproduct of what I'm doing. Money is a thank you note. This is the way people thank me for making money. Helping them make their life better because I'm not doing anything, actually. I know it sounds weird when you're taking money for doing anything, (laughs) but it is them who are working. It is them who are analyzing. It is them who are doing the work and rewiring the brain. I'm just giving them the tools and they're thanking me for that. And there's nothing wrong with it. So the moment you stop concentrating on money, your perspective will change. And so say, oh, people don't have money. Then I always go, okay, you're absolutely right. So what do you see on the streets? Any of those cars worth $100 or less? No. I'm like, how much are those cars? 20 dollars dollars $40,000? Yeah, most of them. And I'm like, hmm, people don't have money. You're right. <laughs> and I leave it at that. People do have money. But people spend money on things that they need, things that they want. And they spend money on the outcome, not on the thing. See, the car, actually, it's not the final destination. How the car makes you feel and how you feel in the car and the freedom that it provides you with is the final destination. Yes. Yes. So again, focus on the final destination. What do you want to achieve? My vacation and having my feet in that water, in a tub overlooking the ocean and the things that I've imagined, that's where I want to go. That's how I want to feel. And that's my drive. The $11,000 which will cost me is not my drive. Do I have that money? Yeah, but it's not right now. Not for that purpose. I have other investments that I want to make. So focus on the final result, how it makes you feel. The money is just a biker. The moment you concentrate on money, you're concentrating on pieces of paper that mean absolutely nothing unless you give the meaning to it.
2: very interesting because I heard
0: I heard that teaching over and over again and yet I noticed that I'm still rewiring my brain and I'm still working on changing what I have learned during my childhood and teenage years and early 20s as well it's like
2: it's it's
0: it's, in one hand, it's like, it's such a long process. In the other hand, it's
1: like you've made a decision and everything changes instantly. So what but is the truth wrong. about money? Do you believe that money is everywhere? Yeah, for sure. Do you believe it's easy to make money? I have half, half, half. No. half of it.
0: Half of it is easy, half of it is no. like... No. Uh, no, no,
1: no, no. no. You don't believe money is easy to make. So you are finding ways to make money, making it difficult. That's oh, such God. Long. That's money this so list. <laughs> oh, God. Thinking, because if you say to me, is making money easy, my answer is like this yes. And you go, that means you believe making money is hard. So your brain will automatically find ways of proving you're right, because that's what you believe. I mean, you can open a business and sell I have a friend, she's a coach. She sells two coaching. she works a whole year to sell two coaching programs a year, because each of her coaching programs is $60,000 dollars. Now, does she go through a lot of people? Yes, but she believes getting two clients for $60,000 is easy. So she just gets $2,000 and she works, I don't know, maybe total of two hours a day, three hours a day, whatever. Um, but she has a product that those people, it resonates with those people and they come to her, she's referred everything. And she has been years and years in the business. Now, I have also friends who coach for $50 an hour. And they're saying finding coaching clients is difficult and making money is difficult. And they're working 50 hours a week doing what they love, but the money is not flowing the same way. They're doing the same thing, yet their belief systems are different. Because if they believe making money is difficult, they will create a story around it. And that story will prompt them to behave a certain way and their brain will prove them right. As simple as that. Now, are they making more than average American $50 an hour? Of course. Average American makes about $25. So in theory, they're doing great. But they're working so hard because they believe making money is hard. And that belief is so deeply rooted, and they haven't discovered that yet. When they're ready, I'll help them out. (laughs) They're not ready yet. (laughs) Wow. What do you believe about people who make money, who are very rich? Who are they?
0: It's me. Okay. It's me because I claim
1: my place. (laughs) Okay, but who are those people that you know and that are surrounded and your parents would point out to you, those people who are very rich, who are they? What type of person are they? They are business people, investors.
2: Um, they
0: receive um, rent money to just enjoy life.
1: Uh-huh. Do they, they work hard? Do they no? They no. Don't. Do they have values, or are they happy, or they stuck? They up? have. They are. They have values. They are happy. They are.
0: They haven't they, 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 they live a free-flowing, easy
1: lifestyle. Uh-huh. It's easy to be rich. Huh. Interesting. But the job you chose has nothing to do with the jobs you actually mentioned of people who are rich. You mentioned only me two. They're business people investors. Nobody else showed up in your definition. Business people is everything. Mm -hmm. when we
0: have a business whatever business it is it is a business business people
2: Mm
0: -hmm. but when I think that I think about like like big deals like real estate Mm -hmm. deals like 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 selling a company that makes already Mm -hmm. I don't know much I don't know Mm -hmm. how much
1: I know so that means in your head those people are making money and everybody else not so much Because you're not doing that right now. So you need to broaden your definition of rich people. Okay. You need to include things that you're doing because otherwise your brain will be going, well, you're not doing. And it's going to be subconscious. It's not going to be conscious like, oh, I'm not going to be rich because I'm not a business person. On one hand, yes, business, business can be everything. But then when you start exploring, which I knew before um, you said it, is there people selling companies have become this and that. You're not that. So your brain goes, okay, these are rich people. They're great, fantastic, but that's not me. So I'm,
2: I'm good. What you think is what you believe. What you believe is what you do. And most of the time we do not realize what
1: we think and believe. Because we throw out, oh yes, everybody can be rich. And when you start digging in, so who can be rich? What did they do? What car did they drive? What type of businesses do they own? It turns out that you created certain vision and you don't match that vision. So you're not pursuing actually subconsciously that element. And that's with everything. And you're not the only one. That was me five years ago. (laughs) I turned down a job for 150K and chose a job for 60K. And when I look at it, I'm like, I was crazy. I wasn't crazy. I truly believed that, believed in the past that if you go over 100K, you will be like my mom. And I don't like the way my mom, and it was a deep belief that I had no clue So any time I would get to 100K, I I'll go, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to be like that, right? Because association with over 100K were my mom's friends and my mom. And I just didn't like the way she was. So my brain will do absolutely everything to prove to me that I'm not like her. Because if I would be making that type of money, I might become like her. And it was a belief that was very, very deeply rooted. It took forever to realize that I'm self-sabotaging in that area. So it's, everybody has that and that's brain coaching. It's amazing. And did you think about the possibility saying, okay, she
0: makes 150, very good. I'm just doing 300,000 a year so that I'm nothing like
1: her. Oh, 500,000 a year, that's better. So, I never got there uh, with that. I mean, I rewrote that story and I brought into my head people with positive associations that are extremely wealthy. And funny thing is, I used to think six figures is a lot. Right now, I'm like, well, yeah, it's very good income. But when I think of myself, I think of seven figures now, not six figures. Exactly. Exactly. Yet it took me about five years to get there. Okay. Now, am I making seven figures? Absolutely not. But this is my end goal. And that end goal is not seven figures. It is because I want to have also free coaching for people who would never be able to afford it. And I need to get there to do that service. I want to go to schools and travel to schools that wouldn't be able to pay me and teach them brain health for kids that, so there is a goal behind the money is like means to what I really want to do. But you can't give what you don't have. This is true. You can't give what you do
2: not have. To me,
0: if I, if I share with you one of my biggest um, um, anger issue with money is to say, you know, in order to get the best, you have to pay for the best so that then it can get money in your business so that you can have more money and have the system, meaning that you have to start paying with what? And then I, 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 I go totally angry, crazy with what? I have to have money first in order to get started. Yeah, but for that, I have to earn money. So that means that that is one of the, of the strongest,
1: anger issue I have with money right so can you afford buying gas yeah can you afford buying yourself a coffee and once in a while going out to a restaurant yeah for me when I started this journey to afford those trainings that I wanted I slept on a mattress for half a year no going out no coffee all the money that I would spend outside was put aside so I can invest. That's called determination. Very
2: good.
1: If you can afford a coffee, you can afford to invest. A coffee is $5 right yes. now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Even $7.75. I forget something at Starbucks.
0: It's like, okay. Well,
1: let's say you're buying three coffees a week. Just three or uh-huh. tea. <laughs> that's $21. In a month, that's over a $100. Mm -hmm. You can buy stock for $100. I invested my stimulus check during pandemic, $1,000. That's all I got. And guess what? Right now I have $7,000 in that account. Didn't do anything else. I didn't spend that money. That was the difference. I chose to use that money. When I went and got my certifications and trainings, there was no going on holiday. There was no coffee. There was no going out. There was learning how to cook great food at home (laughs) to make sure that I have things that are important to me. We all have money. We choose to spend them in different ways. And whatever is your priority, that's where the money will go. I, on a daily basis, found a great coffee that I make at home. And when I want to treat myself about twice a month, I go out and have a coffee. Yet I have a limit. I don't drink alcohol. So that's a good thing. i good thing for you. Because that's super expensive. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like crap, which is. Exactly. I like mean, it makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. But um, so I made my choices. I know that this is the time I want to invest in myself. And everything else is less important. Um, and the truth is you have money. You have a lot of money. And reason you are not generating money is because during your cycle that you just told me, you said four times, I don't have money. You are priming yourself and telling your brain you don't have money. Then this is how your brain will act. You keep asking, so with what? Well, do you have a house? you have clothes? Do you have food? Are you paying your bills? Okay, then you have money. What do you mean you don't have money? Are you living on a street? You freaking are talking over a computer. You don't have money. You're wearing glasses. They're not cheap. So it is our perception and whatever you truly believe. And unfortunately, from what you're saying, and I'm not coaching right now, this is more of a conversation. What you're saying right now is you're priming yourself as you don't have money. You keep repeating that to yourself and you keep finding arguments why you don't have money. Well, I just found you a look Do you have a car? No, but you don't have money. And you have money for a gas. That's $7 a, a gallon, but you don't have money. You can go for a coffee, but you don't have money. You have clothes, but you don't have money. You have a house, but you don't have money. So what do you have to have to have money? I think I have to change my brain. It's what you say. That's why those words are so important instead of but using "and." Instead of concentrating, I don't have money. I have a lot of money. I'm so every morning, and that was part of me changing and transitioning into a different mindset. Every morning I say, I'm so grateful for my house. I'm so grateful for my car. I'm so grateful for my clothes. I'm so, and I would enumerate, anyway, I'm so wealthy. And comparing to the rest, what I had, even not the worst of all, but what I had 15 years ago, I'm I'm freaking over the moon. I'm doing phenomenally well. And if you concentrate on that, more of that will come. Yet you just talked yourself out of money in one minute. You said so many times, I don't have money, that you do. You're wealthy. And every one of us is. Even people living on the street, if they own a phone, if they own a tent, they're wealthier than a lot of people everywhere else. Now, are they where they want to be? No, or maybe they are. I know some people who are. This is how they want to live and it's their choice and more power to them. Yet, not being where you want to be does not make you poor. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what we believe on the conscious level, what we say, very often has nothing to do with what we believe inside. And those two things don't match. And what works actually for your life is what you believe inside, truly, not what you believe on a conscious level, because you're saying the right things, right? I'm the entrepreneur. I'm going to have a happy life. It's one of me. Yet your belief system does not support that. And your brain will follow your belief system. What you think, right, is what you feel. What you feel is what you do and it's not a conscious thing if you keep going around saying oh i'm so amazing it inside you think oh there's so many things i could do better the message is incongruent and your brain will react to what you think inside not what you just said and people will take that as ingenuous because for they won't know why but something will not match It, it will you know have you met ever a person that you just talk to and you're like Like, I don't buy it. I don't know why. That person's saying the right things, but I just don't buy it. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. So this is a symptom of people who say the right things, Mm -hmm. but don't believe them. And we pick that up as humans. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that their belief system is not matching what they were told to say. That's the danger of there's a difference between affirmation and incantation. Do you know the difference?
0: Um, I'm going to try even if I don't know because I was not prepared to that question. Let's try. Um, affirmation is something you choose and you repeat and you, you, you really like hammering your brain until you believe it in your heart. And incantation is... Um, Like a spell. It's like, I think you do it from an other plane and you make a decision, a statement that is writing itself directly in the subconscious mind
1: of the people concerned. You're very close. Affirmations don't work because they're not emotional. Nothing can override your subconscious brain and your belief system unless it's combined with an emotion. So if you are saying, oh, I'm so grateful for my house, I'm so grateful for my children, I'm so grateful, nothing happens scientifically in your brain. Yet if you believe it and you evoke positive emotion, you literally make yourself feel, that starts creating new neural connections. That's why meditation and religion prayer do work only if people truly believe and feel what they're saying if you just keep repeating which is most people that's how they do affirmations it's on a conscious level you will keep repeating it if there's no emotional element attached if there's no emotion body motion then that will not stick and will not convert into a belief what you think is what you feel, what you feel, so what you do. And that feel element in affirmations is missing. Yet it is very difficult to relearn. When I do properly, and it doesn't always work like this, and I'm not always 100%, yet I always try. When I do my affirmations, I literally get myself to a point of crying from happiness. Oh, Beautiful. It takes a lot of practice, but those things became my beliefs because they're connected with feelings and feelings are a driver. It's not yeah. what you think. What you, you react think. to feelings and then you think and then you say, mm-hmm. right? If somebody mm-hmm. gets you angry, it's a feeling. Then you think I'm angry and then you say whatever you say and then you act like an idiot,
0: mm-hmm. usually. Wow. We thank you immensely. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for this light bulb moment. I'm going to re-listen to that
1: just for the for the value. Gemma, I think you need a coach, my dear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Find yourself a coach.
0: Yes, thank you so, so much. I'm going to stop the recording here. And I'm immensely grateful, immensely grateful. No problem. Thank you very much. You're
1: very welcome. See See
0: you later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.